Chapter 6. Take This Job and Shove It. Why Workers Quit and How to Make Them Stay. You're reading this because your workers quit more frequently than you think they should, or your nervous resignations are coming and you don't know how to avoid them. What the Restoration Workforce Survey has made abundantly clear is that the single biggest factor that contributes to workers quitting is your management team's management. Everything from how you onboard employees to how you communicate and enforce company values either builds loyalty in your employees throughout the craziness of the industry or edges them closer towards throwing their hands up and walking out the door. Why do restoration workers quit? On behalf of the overwhelming majority of survey respondents, we can say with certainty that workers quit because of poor management. A decision to quit is the sum total of hundreds of interactions a worker has with their individual manager on a weekly basis in which they experience behaviors, attitudes, habits, and responses that are negative. The cumulative weight of these decisions on the part of management and leadership push people out the door. Let us make one thing abundantly clear. Based on the largest data set ever collected on the restoration workforce, the chasm between workers and managers is bigger than you think, and it's your job to fix it. On a broader scale, the worker revolt we're seeing during this great resignation is a revolt against management, and the Restoration Workforce Survey has narrowed in on how this dynamic has manifested itself in the restoration industry. We've known this for a while, but only now are we experiencing the full watershed moment. In Gallup's comprehensive 2015 study, they found a harsh truth. 75% of people quit their job to get away from their manager. Meaning, the number one reason why people quit their jobs is because of a bad manager. In this chapter, we'll ask restorers directly, why do good people quit at your workplace? If you've read this far, the results will be hardly surprising, but they will highlight some serious blind spots in every restoration company, including yours. In an industry that largely promotes its leaders from within, there is a vicious cycle of mismanaged people carrying forward the torch of management. The industry needs nothing short of a management revival. Will you be one of the first converts? The Great Resignation could be a death blow to an industry already weary from employee retention issues. Or it could be a glass of cold water to the face, shocking managers out of their slumber and motivating them to give renewed energy and attention to putting the needs of the worker first. The answer lies in how seriously leaders take the complaints voiced in this chapter, and whether they're willing to humble themselves and admit that they, like many managers in the industry, are not even remotely on the same page as their workers. The verdict is in, and it's the leaders that need to change. Why do good people quit? Everybody has their own hypothesis on why good people quit their companies. Management has likely held countless meetings debating how they can keep employees longer. And the employees themselves talk about what went wrong whenever a talented colleague jumps ship. 
The problem in this case is that when there is such a massive divergence of opinions between two groups of people, finding a middle ground is rarely achieved without a big stick or a big carrot. In theme with the rest of the Restoration Workforce Survey, we gave the microphone to hundreds of workers, asking them why talented team members chose to quit at the company they work at. As a manager, knowing your staff's collective response to this important question is critical for two strategic reasons. Firstly, when talented people quit, their colleagues pay careful attention. And secondly, because the answer your staff provide is likely the reason they're considering quitting as well. And speaking on behalf of a teammate that recently flew the coop is a great way to voice their concern with a glaring issue. Pay attention, as their indirect feedback may be the root of something rotten that you need to address immediately. The responses from workers, specifically field technicians, was not surprising. The number one reason good people quit in their company, according to them, is because of management's incompetence. Quoting one millennial technician, Upper management is the absolute worst. They are very knee-jerk reaction-based and don't think about the repercussions of their actions as it relates to technicians. They don't train us well and give us too many hours with no work-life balance. Other field techs mentioned a toxic workplace, favoritism, and general lack of direction among their leaders that led to colleagues heading for pastures they believed to be greener. The shocking revelation was how wildly this perspective contrasted with management's response to the very same question. The clear, resounding theme when managers were asked why good people quit their company was that the premise of the question was flawed. Good people don't quit. Good people don't quit. If someone quit, it means they weren't good to begin with. This might seem like we're cherry-picking responses, but more than any other category, managers who responded to the Restoration Workforce Survey told us that if good workers left, it was because they simply couldn't handle the heat of the industry and lacked the personal discipline required to be successful in restoration. Good employees leave because of a lack of will, one said, a lack of ownership, cited another manager. Lack of organization, lack of discipline, a lack of work ethic, and lack of commitment all came up as well. Seriously, the word lack appeared more than any other word among managers' responses to the question, why do good people quit your organization? As in, it's the employee's fault they left, not ours. You don't have to be a psychologist or an evolutionary biologist to see the error in this antiquated, only the strongest survive mindset. The litmus test is simple. Will the modern labor worker put up with this? The data says no. The restoration industry is heading towards a giant iceberg if workers are increasingly leaving their jobs because of management's incompetence, and management's response is, good, we didn't want you here anyway. This is an appalling disconnect between management and workers, and the great resignation has proven it's the workers who hold the cards. We realized it was crucial to explore in greater depth 
the fraught relationship between management and employees. If there's any hope for improving things and creating an environment in the restoration industry where workers feel listened to, respected, and fulfilled, it would start with knowing where managers are currently falling short. What needs to improve with your manager? We asked workers to describe their relationship with their direct supervisor or manager, and the responses range from feels like family, which we assume is a good thing, though not in all families, to sketchy, fake, and terrible. By and large, workers were satisfied with their manager, but there were large swings based on the worker's age and role. Importantly, the Restoration Workforce Survey showed that field workers are generally much less satisfied with management than the rest of their colleagues with Gen Z employees being particularly displeased with how they interact with their direct superiors. Again, if you're a manager reading this, the easy response is, well, that's a problem with this upcoming generation. Somebody is going to find a way to harness the energy of this upcoming generation to grow their business and make an impact in the lives of customers, and with such a mentality, you're guaranteeing it won't be you. If that's the case, You've already stamped your business with a time of death, and now are just waiting for the inevitable. If you're interested in modifying your approach to improve your management's relationship with today's workforce, there's good news. They told us exactly what they're looking for. Many leaders might look at the chart on the next page and breathe a sigh of relief that the most common response to the question, what would you change about your manager's approach, is nothing. Let us remind you that 36% of your workers approving of your management style is far from a ringing endorsement. Instead, workers congregated around a few specific, tangible improvements that need to be made if their relationship with management is going to be salvaged. First, as discussed in previous chapters, communication has to be way more intentional in the restoration industry than it currently is. As one worker put it, I wish there were clearer goals and expectations in our company. Regular check-ins would help push me to continually improve in my role. Another worker asked for greater transparency, saying, We need more communication to our entire staff. Secret meetings and closed doors are not conducive to a productive work environment. Most staff show up eager to put their skills to work and move the ball forward, but getting tripped up because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing when, in what order, leads to wasted potential on a daily basis. Compound that wasted potential over weeks and months, and it's no wonder why workers begin to question if this company is the best fit for the time and energy they bring to the table. Significantly, workers across the board also took issue with the temperament of their manager, describing personality shortcomings that made it difficult to work for them, especially in an environment as stressful as restoration. In an industry where the assumption is that it's the field workers who are a bit rough around the edges, it's surprising that so many workers point to character flaws their manager has that are starting to fracture their relationship. Examples of this include narcissism, a lack of patience, or a disrespectful way of interacting with other co-workers, and they all lead to the employee experience being worse than it needs to be. 
Today's worker cares just as much about where they're going as how they get there. And the best vision and mission statements in the world come crumbling down if they daily feel like they're being disrespected and belittled by their manager or supervisor. Finally, workers, especially millennial and older, felt like their manager didn't take time to understand their perspective, but instead would consistently bowl them over with directions or advice. As one worker put it, I wish my manager would listen more. Often it feels like he is more focused on what he is going to say next than who he is currently listening to. In a reactionary, fast-paced environment like restoration, slowing down and listening will not come naturally to most managers running on adrenaline. But, as we've seen, workers want to feel like they are making a difference at work, and management showing they hear the worker's perspective and consider it can go a long way in demonstrating this. Keeping Good Workers If managers and leaders want to survive the Great Resignation, the way they relate to their workers must change. We've seen a remarkable chasm between workers and managers and their perspective on why people leave their company. This has to change. If management believes talented workers are walking away from their company because of their own shortcomings, that needs to change. Any other response to the mass exodus of workers across the United States and in the restoration industry is utter foolishness. The restoration industry has adapted to new technology and changing legislation. It has risen to meet the demand of increasing natural disasters and even a global pandemic. Likewise, the future of the restoration industry is reliant on leaders to recognize the winds of change among today's workforce and decide if those are going to be headwinds or tailwinds. Your management team will determine if you attract and retain the top talent necessary to grow and thrive amidst this new era of worker pushback, or if you will join the long list of companies whose old methods were no match for a new workforce. If you're willing to humble yourself and check your biases at the door, we've got good news. There's a way out of this, and it starts with your managers. Model candor and assertive communication with your management team. It is astonishing how many managers were completely blind to the reality that many workers view management as the single biggest reason good employees quit. This reeks of an environment where leaders are being told what they want to hear and are not being confronted with the brutal facts about their team's own flaws and failings. It is imperative your company does not join the ranks of management teams that will walk blindfolded off a cliff because they didn't listen to the people saying, Watch out! Make it a practice to say the whole truth to each other in leadership meetings not biting your tongue because it may ruffle some feathers. Regularly analyzing internal threats and weaknesses, or asking the question, what are we missing here, can force deep introspection as a management team and lead to confronting some brutal but necessary truths. If employees view leaders in your company as arrogant or disrespectful, they likely will not say it to your face. You need to create a culture where managers can identify these problems and address them, 
without being worried about the interpersonal repercussions of doing so. This does not mean giving your leadership team license to be jerks to each other. This means making it clear to your top-level staff that more important than any one person's feelings is the shared responsibility you all have of creating a workplace that respects everybody and thrives amidst a changing workforce. Every person has their own unique set of blind spots, and healthy workplaces have a culture that identifies those blind spots, not to put someone down, but to manage and mitigate them. If employees can recognize that a manager on your team is a narcissist, one of his fellow managers should be able to recognize that too. If he hasn't been told yet that he speaks disrespectfully to staff, that is a management problem, not an employee problem. Model humility and listening by seeking worker input. Over and over again, workers expressed frustration when their managers talked but didn't listen. Today's worker wants to feel bought into where the company is going, like they play a key role in how your business will achieve its mission. This will require your management and leadership team to show humility, acknowledge that you don't have all the answers, and instead intentionally solicit feedback from your employees. When staff feel like they help shape the direction of the company, their loyalty increases and they are more likely to show ownership when new problems arise and new staff join the team. In management meetings, ask supervisors how their direct reports are doing by name and don't accept good as an answer. Take the time to find out what is working for staff and what isn't working. During weekly check-in meetings, encourage supervisors to ask their staff some of the following questions. What aspect of your job did you most enjoy this week? What work are you most proud of this week? What could have been better? Are there any barriers in your way right now? How can I support you better this upcoming week? How do you feel going into next week? Exhausted? Excited? Why? Your only hope of bridging the growing divide between management and workers is to talk to them and truly listen to what they're saying. Workers were candid in the Restoration Workforce Survey about the problems they see with their company and their management team, and they would be candid with you too if you provided the opportunity for them to share their thoughts in a safe environment. Invest heavy into management teams. To accomplish all this, however, you're going to need to step up the professional development for your management team big time. Our survey showed evidence of managers across the restoration industry who had likely leveled up from field technician status without ever being trained on the soft skills required to manage and lead effectively. As a result, workers told us stories of being shouted at by managers, feeling manipulated and belittled, and like they weren't trusted to do their jobs well. Other survey responses indicated that managers needed improvements in their confidence, respect for other staff members, and ability to set standards and then hold people to them. As one worker put it, I wish my manager was harder on slackers and could hold people accountable. It's letting the whole team down. 
it's your responsibility to create a plan to help your managers overcome these soft skill deficits. Taking a talented operator and moving them into a management position might feel like a natural progression, but the skills that help the worker exceed out in the field are different from the skills required to build a culture of trust and buy-in as a manager. As discussed in Chapter 3, your best bet is to detail the hard and soft skills required for a manager to succeed in your organization, and then create a training roadmap to address those who need improvements to meet your standard. This is also a great opportunity for you to model listening and soliciting feedback. Ask your managers where they feel they bring the most value to the company and what areas they would like to improve. Doing so will help them own responsibility for their professional development and allow you to begin to build a culture where all staff value growth and improvement an important aspect of attracting new workers and building a management team that accepts and acts on feedback. Confucius said that you cultivate what you honor. If you want to be a company that treats staff respectfully and models improvement, then uphold this to the rest of your staff. Recognize managers who are working on their soft skills and call out examples of your leadership team creating buy-in among their direct reports. Culture change won't happen overnight, but ignoring the growing divide between workers and their managers is a surefire way to wake up one day asking where all your good staff went. Consider yourself at a crossroads. You can either continue doing what you've done for years and hope that it will all work out in the end, or you can radically transform the relationship between your management team and your staff one supervisor at a time. Yeah, but what about money? We can't ignore the fact that there is a percentage of workers who said good people quit a restoration company because they felt they were underpaid. When places like Target, Kroger, and Chipotle are offering $15 an hour plus great benefits, there's the risk of a race to the bottom for employers offering hand-over-fist pay bumps at the expense of their margin just to retain staff. What can restoration companies do in light of this? As Phil Rosebrook, Jr., partner at Business Mentors, told us, you need to link your paycheck with a purpose. Would a worker rather stand at a counter and make burritos all day long? Or restore lives and livelihoods after fires, floods, and other disasters? If you can tell a compelling story of purpose and link it to a real career path, you'll find employees who quickly realize that there's more to work than just the number on their pay stub. This, again, will require you to listen. Find out what it is that your staff value most. None of us have ever met someone who thinks they're overpaid, but we all know someone who we thought was overpaid says Steve Cadigan, author of WorkQuake. This is proof that when employees start talking about how well they're compensated, what they really mean is, I don't believe what I'm giving is being matched by what I'm getting out of working here. The key then, according to Steve, is to listen to what's behind those statements of perceived value and fairness. In this evolving market of compensation, companies must talk to their employees 
and discover non-monetary things their workers value that may cost little. It doesn't require a big budget, but it requires attention, a lot of listening and communicating, and being willing to break some rules along the way. In this unprecedented era of worker pushback, it's up to leadership to create an environment that respects and honors workers instead of pushing them away. Demonstrate humility. Model a desire to improve and grow. Don't ignore problems. Deal with them head-on. Assume every worker, whether they've been with your organization for two weeks or twenty years, could improve your organization in some way. If workers feel like they're undercompensated, find out what they're really looking for. The fate of your business depends on it. Key Takeaways Field workers believe the primary reason good people quit is because of bad management. Many managers don't believe good people quit their company at all. Field workers are far less likely to say they have a great relationship with their managers compared to office staff. Only 32% of staff don't have suggestions for how to improve their manager's approach. Others ask for managers to listen better, improve their temperament, and communicate more effectively. Companies that want to win with today's workforce need to overhaul their approach to management by modeling candor, listening to employees, and investing in training their leaders.